0: Chiefs have made some moves, yes, but they still have needs to take them over the top. We're going to get into what those are today. Mock Draft Monday for the Kansas City Chiefs on Locked on Chiefs. From the land of
1: the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast.
0: Welcome back, everybody. It's Mock Draft Monday. We're excited to see what this scenario will bring. We're brought to you by Ultimate Football GM to download that game. Just go to ultimate-gm.com and look it up in the app stores. If you need to, it's a hundred percent listeners get our boost when you use the franchise with the code locked on that's all caps in the game store. So check that out. That's ultimate-gm.com. Today's fun because this, gets to be one of the funky scenarios. As we've seen the chiefs go through, they've kind of set themselves up to be able to move around. So this is trade mock draft Monday. I'm excited about we're going to walk you guys through what I just finished here a little bit ago. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, the home of the Athletic Matrix that will be out Sunday evening, as well as NFL 33 and RGR football.
1: And I'm Chris Clark from Chiefs Corner. Thank you all for watching. We do appreciate it. Please go hit the like, subscribe and notification bell on YouTube. We would appreciate that. And I hope you guys have been enjoying the shorts, been trying to do more of those as moves have been happening Uh, So a lot of that that information, and uh, obviously we already talked about Tranquil and and Edwards with our bonus episode, so uh, let's
0: just dive right into this mock. So that that said, uh, yes, anything that's happened since Drew and Tranquil, we haven't covered yet because we're recording this a little bit ahead of time, so keep that in mind. So to set up the scenario, after after signing Charles M. Menahue after... Uh, getting Juwan Taylor on a contract—you've addressed your two biggest needs, right? But it doesn't take them off the table in my mind. I think there's options there. So what I my goal was is especially for Taylor. It, yes, we we heard all about playing left tackle. The thought process for me is that Tunsil is probably still on the table right now, and that if not Tunsil, then you still have an opportunity if you can get one of the top tackles to go do that and have a tackle tandem that you feel like can carry Patrick through at least the the rest of the first half of his big contract, if not through its entirety. So that was the concept. And so pre-draft, I went in and started making trade offers to see what we could do just to see what the volume was. And honestly, it was a struggle. It was very difficult to get any teams uh, that weren't on TDN's mock machine uh, to trade with me. Now, TDN's mock machine has some other issues – Uh, When I can get uh, Brisset and Miles Murphy in the sixth round, it's not quite tuned up yet. Still in beta. So I went to PFF and I started uh, redoing the the draft scenarios. How high would you think that we had to get in order to get a tackle that might fit the Chiefs needs?
1: I still think it's, and we've kind of talked about this a couple of times, I still think Anton Harrison could be there in the low low 20s. Uh, If you think he could be your left tackle of the future, I think that that's a possibility there. If you're talking about the top-tier guys, uh, it just really depends on how the draft shakes out. But I could see it being something where you have to get up
0: to, I don't know, 18, 19 maybe. That's exactly where I started. Very close, anyway. I started with Washington at 16. No dice. I went, I even went up to Green Bay, given that they're about to get a slew of extra picks when this thing happens with Aaron Rodgers, right? I went to go try with them, no dice. They had zero interest. And so that kind of led me back to the 18, 19 with the Bucs, 20 with the Lions, still no takers. I mean, and I was putting in thirds and fourths. I was trying to just, I was trying to get a gauge of what that scenario, that mock simulator thought it was worth. Uh, In the end, I was only able to get up to 23 with the Vikings. We talked about that a few weeks ago, and that does seem like a move that can that can move around. And so this is what I was able to do. Got 23 and moved back to 31. Gave up the third-round pick, the 95, and moved back into the fourth to 119. So it wasn't just giving it away. Then I moved, <laughs> gave up 176, moved back to 260. And gave up three of the additional sevens because I don't care about the additional sevens. At that point, it's a free-for-all. You might as well go UDFA. And quite frankly, coming off of another Super Bowl, we know they have a couple of holes, but I don't think there's 12 guys that make this roster. So I wasn't bashful about just giving it away. This is the minimum cost that I could get done to get to 23 with the hope that, as we see in some scenarios, that one of the top three tackles falls. Because you're right. I do think Anton Harrison is a viable option uh, late in the first, I think he could be there. I actually have Darnell Wright a little bit higher on my board right now. I know that that's going to be an option at 31. So for me, if we're moving up at all, it's to get one of the top three tackles or one of the top four edges. And that's that's the only thing worth it. So I did this pre-draft, and then all hell broke loose. So Yes, yeah, so say it again, <laughs> pre-draft. <laughs> pre-draft with the thought of getting a tackle or edge. And so the way that this scenario fell out, and I did run about 25 simulations here, folks. So this this was not a surprise. But the way that it fell out at that point was that uh, top of the draft was was not terribly consistent. Started with Bryce Young, went to Will Levis. Jalen Carter remained in the top three, which I don't think is actually going to happen. But as you see that the way that it falls out, Christian Gonzalez is a top six pick in this scenario. Uh, Richardson goes, but that this is where it gets bad for for the scenario that I'm working for Skronsky goes at nine to the bears. And this is what I talked about last week, being, a, being a concern for me, the bears need a tackle. And if that starts the cavalcade, as you see 11 Paris Johnson goes, this is the problem. So, see, so my question
1: on that, and I'm not trying to argue with you because I know you didn't do this, but Skronsky has short arms. Yes. Is Ryan poles going to take a guy that has short
0: arms? I don't personally think so, but in this scenario, it could easily be Paris Johnson. So, like, it's still a tackle in my mind, so that, that didn't bother me in particular. Um, I think it is more a depth that uh, – I think they just gave up a guard in Tennessee, so you might just flip those picks and call it, you know, pretty fairly realistic there. Um, and as we go down, a guy that we talked about in JSN went at 15. Uh, Jordan, Jordan porter Johnson. The, sorry, I'm looking at 10 with the Eagles. Good grief. Yeah, that right. receiving core would be sick. It, it would. Um, She's have the bodies to contain it, though. I'm going to tell you that right now. Um, Jack Smith and Jigba, who you talked about a lot, went at 15. Joy Porter at 16, one of my trade partners. Broderick Jones goes at 18. I was trying to get the Lions to pull the trigger and trade, and they wouldn't do it. I mean, I was giving them almost the house. It was terrible. I mean, thirds in the next season and all that kind of stuff. So it, that shot the plan here. Kincaid goes ahead. Jordan Addison goes just before the Chiefs. And then at 23 on the board, I was faced with a decision that was a little bit difficult. So all the top tackles are gone, but Nolan Smith is there. And we've seen the the Amanda Hughes signing uh, a power guy that can play inside, play tackle at San Francisco, certainly a Spag's type. But we just saw Orlando Brown go to the Bengals. You know you're going to face the Bengals a couple of times. What's Orlando's biggest weakness? Speed Speed rush. rush. Chiefs don't have that. The best speed rusher in this draft was available at 23 and Nolan Smith, and I pulled the trigger without hesitation. Do you think I was wrong? Now,
1: I'm not going to say you're wrong, but I will say this. You're not just making this pick just for the Bengals. Speed rush is going to be important across the board uh, against other teams as well. So I, I do want to point that out because I do think that that is something that the Chiefs don't have right now that they're going to have to address.
0: Yeah, and Carloftis, and both power – Focused edges. Mike Dana, power-focused edge can play inside. No speed rush on this roster right now. And so the fact that he fell all the way there, I I was pretty, i got to say, I was pretty bitter when it all came down that all those tackles went. But when Nolan was there, I felt a little bit of relief. So I rolled with it. Now, that's not the only thing. There's a couple of other changes. Obviously, gave up a lot of picks. We're going to get into the second round and beyond right after this. But what is coming right now? It's funny that we're actually talking about mock drafts because this is actually a scenario
1: that I actually, and this is a game that I actually really enjoy playing. Ultimate Football GM, if you've not checked this game out, you really absolutely need to try it. Uh, I have enjoyed playing Ultimate Football GM. I took my team to the Super Bowl multiple times, uh, played 25 full seasons, and this game is a lot of fun. We're talking about the draft. This is one of the things you get to do in Ultimate Football GM. Uh, we've also been talking a lot about free agency, which is another thing you get to do in this game. If you ever wanted to try to be a GM, this is the game to try. It's not as easy as you might think to create a dynasty. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons and lead your team to glory, trying to build a historic dynasty. With Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, managing all the finances, including negotiating player salaries and terms, navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft. Injuries, player personnel issues, and all the ups and downs of a season. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go and or as you want and when you want to. Locked On Chiefs listeners get hundred percent preboot, a hundred percent free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in all caps in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps. So make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today.
0: I think I'm ready to start a dynasty too. Maybe that's just me, but I'm ready. So as we saw the rest of the first round fall out there after the Chiefs selected, uh, did see Deontay Bags go. B. John Robinson was a first rounder. Zay um, Flowers went, Cam Smith, Mayor Simpson, Antonio Johnson. I felt pretty good about that. I didn't think that, We missed a whole lot of value. Uh, That said, had to come back. And things got a little bit hairy. Now, remember, I traded away 31, also traded away 95. So the next picks were at 63 and then a big gap to 119. And so I had to make some decisions there as well. When we got to that point and the Chiefs were on the clock, we'd seen a lot of defensive talent go off the board. So at that point... Uh, it, it focused me back on, okay, who can help the offense? We're not going to be able to wait for the third round to help the offense out a little bit. Uh, and we all know that we're, we do expect more wide receiver help in free agency. Got to go in the draft too. So it came down to two players, two players that I've talked about before, and I, I tried to squeeze it in and get both is what I tried to do. That didn't work either, but I was able to secure AT Perry with the 63rd pick. Now, you'll see on the screen here, you can kind of ignore the grades because this is only based on where PFF has those players ranked. So that's all relative to where they think they should go. has nothing to do with my board or the consensus board. It's only based on their thoughts. So hold off on that. That said, Tillman, they head down at the 120s. So I was fairly confident at 119 I had a shot to get both of them. And I figured that was a nice addition. We can do away with the free agency talk at that point, right? Pull the trigger on Perry. Tell me we went three picks later. <laughs> so that kind of undid that. And as a mice and men. Yeah. Right. Um, now that said, how did you feel about my decision to go because of the bigger gap I had to give up in the trade? I felt like we had to get a, a top one hundred value on the offensive side of the ball in some way.
1: No, and I agree. I think that they absolutely need to address the offense in some way, shape, or form uh, without seeing who else is there. It's really hard to really judge what you did. I I know A.T. Perry is one of your guys. I still would have been possibly looking for a right tackle type or uh, They're you know, all maybe gone. another. Yeah, and that's kind of what gone. I figured. Duncan
0: was gone, Darnell was gone. Everybody was gone that wasn't a developmental prospect.
1: Yeah. So at that point, you're sitting at 63 and you're looking at – uh, were some of the tight ends still there that are in that range
0: there was and it did come down to that um it was it was schoonmaker and i think there was one other no it wasn't laporta he had already gone at 63. he went in the 50s um schoonmaker was still there and i thought that maybe he was he was a possibility once that tillman went that i might have a shot at him at 119 but he did go before that
1: So you're sitting there with A.T. Perry, and I believe you said, from what I remember you talking about him, you think he can play X for Kansas City.
0: I do. I think he and Tillman both can play that role. I think Perry's a little bit more explosive. I think Tillman's a little bit more uh, ball control contested catch guy.
1: Well, Kansas City absolutely needs an X, and that's going to be something that they need to address. They haven't addressed it in free agency so far as we recorded recording this right now. So that's definitely a move that I can't really argue with. Uh, and I know the reason they're giving you the C is because they're probably looking at it and thinking that you overdrafted. But you don't really have much of a choice if you only have 63
0: and 119. Right. And you see what that set up was the next group at 119, 123, and 134. So I knew I had a cluster that I could work with. I came back, and then it was, okay, we we don't know what they're doing. Some defensive front conversation has to go on here maybe this week. Maybe we'll have some some recognition in there. But either way, they have to have more bodies at the interior pass rusher. And when there wasn't an edge there that I was really comfortable with, I went back in there. Morrow Jones was there, and a guy that I think could play – all three downs for this particular defense and I think has the pass rush juice once he gets trained up with Joe Cullen I I expect big things from him so I pulled the trigger there at 119 I came back Kenny McIntosh is still there now this is right about where I think he will go I think he is a high day three pick a lot of people think he's going to go day two and then that's fair maybe I'm wrong but he was there PFF has him as 180 something So that's why you see a D minus grade. But I pulled the trigger on on Kenny McIntosh to supplement Isaiah Pacheco. And then imagine imagine that you go after a guy from Georgia. Hey, you're lucky I didn't get five of them. I I was planning on it. So, hey, winning national championships is a a thing. So I came back 11 picks later, grabbed Yaya Diaby, who I think is criminally underrated in terms of his athleticism, but is another guy that can play edge and can play inside that fits the mold of these versatile DEDT types. So I grabbed him. How do you like that cluster?
1: If he's going to need to add edge, uh, and you've addressed it twice in this draft so far, and obviously they are going to need wide receivers as well. Uh, that's one of those things. And, and there's a lot to be talked about, and, and people have been asking the question, you know, what about Justin Ross? What about John Ross? Are those guys going to be able to contribute? Only the Chiefs really know that. Yeah. To be quite fair, they're the only ones that are going to know whether or not those guys can actually step in and do anything for them. Uh, but I do think that addressing wide receiver is going to be something that they're going to have to do early in this draft because right now they only have three guys that they can really count on in my mind. Uh, and with that thought process, you've got to go into this draft and maybe you're looking at trying to revamp the entire wide receiver room, much like you've done much like you did with wide with a uh, CB last year.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, agreed. I mean, there are certain imperatives that you have to have in, in two of those rooms, are D line and wide receiver. So we tried to address them. Now that left us. Uh, I'm sorry, left us. Um, I was able to compress day three and get it all into that late fifth, early sixth area. We're going to talk about those picks on the backside of this because I do have to tell you about our friends. There's a lot going on. You might want to get in on the action. It's it's March Madness, Chop JHA. It is uh, NBA season. You have all that. You have all these draft type props that you can get on as well, and it's super easy to bet those lines that you're looking for with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now they're giving you a no-sweat first bet. You make a singular bet. You have the potential to win up to $1,000 in bonus bets applied back to your account. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and easy to use and everything from money line to points scored to rebounds, offensive boards. I always like the paint guys because I feel that that's a little bit more predictable. Get in there and figure it out. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine them all into a same-game parlay, and you can make your uh, payout even bigger. So don't miss your chance at a first sweat, no sweat first bet, Uh, up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's below me here. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook betting partner of the NBA and the NFL. All right. So this is where I think we've seen the Chiefs get a lot of value in the last few years. Uh, Trey Smith was taken on day three, a guy that yep. just made an extra 660000 for this last year's performance. I think it was six sixty three. Uh yep. You can get value. That's where they got uh, LaRon DuVernay-Tardif. That's where they got Zach Fulton. They've, they've been successful, particularly in the offensive line, but in general, on day three in the, the fifth round area. So that's why I concentrated, and I'm trying to get up into the fifth and high sixth Out of the seventh, if I could have stayed in the fourth, I would have, but that just didn't work out with this trade. So what that allowed me to do is take the best player available at a position that I think could help them. And I know they had a great rookie class from the corners last year, but they really only have four of them. Ja'Korian Bennett is a burner, would be the fastest corner on this roster. He's the second fastest in this combine, and I think he provides a little bit of extra juice. I think he can be a kick returner as well.
1: So it gives you another option. Well, and you're starting to look at a situation where, yeah, they have four of them, but you know, corners play huge special teams roles. So regardless of whether or not you think that he can be uh, a starter in the future, which is maybe what you want to try to be looked for, Kansas City set pretty much a corner for the next couple of years, more than likely. But they're going to need guys that can step in and play special teams. And like you just said, if he can be a
0: returner, that's a huge deal. Yeah. And here, a a low value investment in the fifth round with with a talent like that and and an athletic matrix score that is nearly at the top of the charts. That's a value that you can find a way to use for Dave Tobe at the very least and hopefully on the defense as well. You never know when an injury is going to hit. And so your top four may become your top three. You still need at least four viable corners on any given roster. Then it came back nine picks later and had an opportunity here to, again, help the offense. I know there's plenty of talent there. I know Jody Fortune's coming back. Davis Allen is a guy that is smooth. He's not the most elite in terms of speed. Neither was Travis Kelsey. He's got great hands. He runs good routes. He had a great senior bowl to really put his emphasis on it because DJ Uyunglele didn't really help him at Clemson this last year. But Davis Allen is a guy that I think can grow into a bigger role. Maybe that means supplanting Jody eventually. Maybe that means supplanting Noah Gray. I don't know. But it was worth the value here to try to add another weapon at the tight end spot. Maybe we're going to see continued use of the 13, maybe even some 14 packages. I do want to see them get another talent there. Do you think that was overreaching here in the 5th?
1: No, I don't. I think that they they're going to be looking at adding talent wherever they can on offense, and I do think that you know they've run with four tight ends for so long, it just seems like what they're going to do. I don't think Blake Bell as it as we're recording this right now. I want to say that again. We are recording this a little bit early in case they re-sign Blake Bell <laughs> over the weekend. Uh, I don't think they're bringing Blake Bell back. At, at least I don't think that they would before free before uh, the draft. So. Uh, to me, adding a four tight end, if you can get a good value and a deep tight end class, I think that's a lot. That's a very smart move, and who knows where it's going to lead. They only have Jody Fortson for one more year, I believe, maybe two, uh, under control, and he's a lot older than you would think because he was a practice squad player for several years. So uh, getting younger at the position and, and adding another talent
0: makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, I'm here for the Jody Fortson explosion, but you got to have a backup to a backup. That, that's got to come down the line. And so that brings me to the next pick. At 177, we had back-to-backs here. Um, and it really came down to who do I think has upside? And I know everyone's going to say, Ryan, just being a homer, picking one of the two viable Jayhawk candidates here. But that's not actually it. Earl has been talked up by a lot of, of the draft evaluators here since the Combine about not just the fact that that he has place rank and his film is, is solid as a day-three type guy, but that has athleticism actually surprised a lot of people, that he's capable of more and growing into another role. And we all know that even in this scenario, especially without a, a top 100 tackle, maybe they've acquired Tunsil by this time. Maybe they're just rolling with with Niang. you got to have a backup, though. And so I thought that this was a nice, low-value investment that could pay off big.
1: Yeah, and the one thing I also want to throw out here, from what we heard at the end of last season, Canard moved inside. So yep. if, for people that have been saying, well, what about Kennard? I don't know that he's going to be a tackle type. Maybe he yep. is. After another offseason, we'll see if he's able to get his feet to where he can play that. But you do need to have another option. And you're always going to need a swing tackle type as well. And I'm not saying Bostic is that guy, but you're going to need more tackles than just a starter and a backup.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. So that tightened up our our total draft. Obviously, didn't didn't have the the volume here that we've seen uh, the Chiefs start with because I gave up in the initial trade pre-draft. Pre-draft trade, I gave up and uh, had a net loss of three picks. They were all the seventh routers, so I wasn't too concerned about it. But it it does shorten the draft overall. And so we end up with, in a pre-draft trade, trying to go secure another tackle to be a bookend with Juwan Taylor. Wasn't able to get that done because of the way that the draft fell. So was able to get the premier speed pass rusher in this draft to Nolan Smith. Came back in the second round with A.T. Perry. Then moved down to the fourth and hit Maro Jomo, Kenny McIntosh, and Yaya Diaby all within, what was it, 15 picks. A nice little run there to start the top of day three and have your pick of the rest of the litter. Then we come back, uh, Ja'Cory Bennett to add special teams and, and a lot of speed uh, the defensive cornerback uh, position will be faster than even LeJarrius Sneed at this point. A uh, lot of, of plus side there, and then backup tight end, backup tackle can grow into, I think, contributors, and that's the way that it rounded out. Overall, PFF thought it was a B. I'm not too concerned about what they think. I'm pretty happy with the fact that it covered gaps in what we've seen through free agency so far, and I think has a lot of upside.
1: Yeah, and I think what you did is you addressed – positions of need across the roster. Uh, I understand you went with a a running back in the fourth. I probably wouldn't have done that. That's me. Uh, But, you know, looking at the roster and not knowing who was there exactly, wide receiver, tight end, tackle, all those types of positions, uh, I, I can't really argue with how you address the different positions because you got them two edge rushers. You got them help on the defensive line, which we've talked about them needing. You got them a tackle, and you got them a couple of offensive weapons as well.
0: I'm glad that it worked out after basically a failed attempt to get an elite left tackle. So there are worse things that could have happened. We'll try to explore next week, folks, and maybe it's not a trade. Maybe the Chiefs have done enough that they don't need to trade out any longer. Maybe they're just going to let the board come to them and see what happened like it did with McDuffie, where if your guy is there at 20 or 21 or 23, then you go do it. Maybe we'll go back to – picking chalk in the Chiefs' existing picks and see what happens. That'll be an adventure for next week. Don't miss Mock Draft Monday. We're doing it every week up until the actual NFL draft. Going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you're liked and subbed and over here on YouTube as well as all the audio platforms. Thanks for making us your first listen. Check out another Locked On show for your next listen. Uh, we are free and available on YouTube and all the audio platforms. So check that out. That's where you can get all the episodes as soon as they drop. So, Tomorrow, we'll be back, continued look at where they need to go in free agency. We're well into the second wave now, even approaching the third wave. By the time we get to Tuesday's show, we're going to see what else they can do to kind of batten down the hatches, get some of the the creeks filled in, and move on to what they need to do in the draft and make that on top of everything they've done in free agency. So leave us your comments. How do you like this mock draft? What was your favorite pick of this particular scenario? Thanks for spending your time with us.